Hello, welcome to Three Cheers for Goaltender Interference. I am Michael Radigan with my host, Catherine Silverman. You can follow me at Mikey Rads. You can follow Kat at Kat M. Silverman. You can follow our podcast at Three Cheers for Goal One. Um, that's the number three and the number one, Three Cheers for Goal One. Uh, you can follow our producer, Maxwell Spar at Maxwell Spar, who uh, I think last time we talked was before, right before Christmas, Max got engaged. So congrats to our producer for uh, the happy news and happy new year to everyone. Kat, how are you? Um, I'm good. Uh, I almost forgot that, yeah, we, we took a nice little hiatus there for, uh, for Christmas, um, then for New Year's, which hopefully you had a I know you had a fun New Year's. I think we, uh, I think we talked on New Year's a little bit, um, nice and quiet. And then yeah. we obviously had the, uh, we had the Georgia special election. And then you and I planned to record that following Wednesday, which was the insurrection on Capitol Hill. Um, so we obviously took a little bit of time off there. Um, but yep. other than other than the chaos around us, it's it's been pretty okay. I feel like uh, I feel like 2021's definitely a uh, it's doing the most in in the worst way possible. But uh, but yeah. in fun news, um, I mean Izzy ran half a mile with me yesterday. Um, Very nice. That's my four year old daughter. For any potential new listeners we have, you would be listeners number probably four and five, I would say, but (laughs) yeah, she, uh, she ran almost half a mile with me yesterday, pretty much without stopping. Um, she had been doing a lot of walking in our runs, but she, she took off yesterday. She was, she was flying. So that's uh, positive. (laughs) That's great for her. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, you know, the new year started with, uh, USA beating Canada in the world junior. So that's right. I, I think that happened on Monday <laughs> or, or Tuesday after the new year. And so it was fun to shit talk Canada for a while. And then our country fell apart, I think almost immediately 24 hours <laughs> after. So it was fun to have bragging rights over Canada in terms of uh, teenagers playing hockey for, uh, for a couple for like hours. A for like a for like day. A day. Yeah. yeah. And it is, it is, it is, uh, well, Kat, I know you have family from Canada as well, right? Right, right. That's where yeah. our, my mom's entire family is from. So, right, right. So, uh, who do you, do you usually pull, pull for USA or Canada or do you just hope for good hockey? I just kind of hope everybody has fun. Um, <laughs> it kind of yeah. depends on who's playing each year. I, uh, the That's year true. that Max Domi was on Team Canada, um, pull, he was still with the Coyotes. Yeah. I, I mostly rooted for for Canada there. That was a really fun team to watch. I think that was probably one of the most dominant Canadian rosters I've seen in a really long time. Um, yep. I I rooted for Finland here and there. I kind of had a soft spot for them this year. Um, yeah, they had they they won uh, bronze. Yeah, which was they, super impressive. Yeah, given they, everything they, about this year. Yeah, they beat Russia, who was. Um, not to divulge back into too much World Junior Chart, but I know Russia was, a, some people were saying they were the second best team in that tournament, and then uh, Finland ended up uh, taking care of them. So that was that was really exciting. They've, they've had some, and just international tournaments, they've had some really nice wins uh, over the years, I feel like. Um, but yeah, I, I, I could, I understand, you root for a player uh, that's playing on um, whatever international team is usually 
how it goes for uh, a lot of people. But it was it was nice to see USA win for sure. That was a they had a nice team. I thought. Yeah, that was that was exciting for the U.S. I thought it was a. Uh... Thought it was cool to see for Spencer Knight. Um, I was just going to say, your guy, Spencer Knight, uh, Florida picked him 14th, yes, 13th, 10th, 11th last year in 14th. the first round. 14th. Um, and yeah. He, he, looked, he looked really good. He uh, looks NHL ready, I would say. Looked, yeah. I mean, he's he's still, I think this is his first year at BC. Is he at BC? He's playing at BC, right? Boston College? Yes. Yes, I think that I, I believe it's his first year or maybe his second year. His um, second. He played second. he played last year for um yeah. so I mean that's a great uh, I'm a little biased, but that's a great division uh, <laughs> conference he's playing in college hockey. So um yeah, that he he looked at that gold medal game, he unbelievable that shutout he pitched. So, so um yeah, fly th- I feel like Florida has a nice one. It's going to be fun to watch him develop into a, you know, a starter, hopefully. Into um, what he's going to be, yeah. Yeah, into what, whatever, if it's a starter, if it's a 1B guy with Bobrovsky or whatever. But um, we'll get into goalies. <laughs> we'll, get, <laughs> we'll get into goalies uh, soon. But you wanted to kick off with, um, we're going to do a little music first? Yeah, I I decided that, you know, New Year, New Us, um Obviously, there's there's always a little bit of a, a little bit of laziness on our part, mostly mine. When it comes to the show, we like to wing it. But uh, I figured we'd give people a little bit of consistency to look forward to in 2021. Um, and so and people can give us feedback. if They love it if they hate it. Um, kind of wanted to do some today slash this week in music. Um, want to talk about a punk album that came out um, this week in music at some point in the last 20 years. And then just give a couple other notable things that happened the day that we record. Um, turns out it's first off, it turns out it's a little harder than I thought to, uh, to oh, pinpoint albums that came out. A I know when you, brought that up, year. when you brought that up, I was like scrolling through the internet, seeing if there's any like good emo or punk or pop punk albums that came out that this week. So I, I guess you had a little, little better luck than I did. Did you not find, find anything that you liked? Uh, I'm sure. I, don't, I might've been looking on the day that's spe- like, I think I was oh. looking on Monday. So that day or yesterday. That made it impossible to find. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it was hard to find, uh, on that specific day. Um, but go ahead. What, what do you have for us? So this week in 2003, so the heyday of pop punk, like when it was really, really coming into its own, I would say 2002 to 2007 was like probably the golden years for pop punk slash emo. Um, and correct me if you think there's a there's a different time frame I, there, but that's, that's I, I kind think, of heyday for me. I think um, uh, I, I think you'll you'll get pushback from people that like first wave emo in the nineties, like sunny day real estate and those. That's um, not, that's not pop punk though. That's no, not pop no, punk but I, think, I think once we hit like 2000 to like you said, 2008, 2009, you had a lot of crossover with pop. What is pop punk? What is emo? Blah, blah, blah. But yes, yeah, so that was a goal for, for us specifically. Cause we were teenagers during that time frame. That was our golden age of uh, pop punk slash emo slash emo, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, yes. I, I, I will agree with you on that. Yeah, I think uh, punk obviously had its heyday in uh, in the 90s. Um, 
which I'm sure I'll get pushed back because the original punk uh, had its heyday in the 70s and then grunge really, really made its its appearance in the 90s. But the the 2000s was mwah, like chef kiss emoji for, for pop punk. And in 2003, yes. this week on January 17th, the All-American Rejects released their self-titled album. Oh, man. Wow. I was so excited when I saw that. I was looking through and it was kind of hard to find something that was like, that just stood out. There were a lot of like little things, but that to me was, that ushered in uh, everything, right? I think the lead single off that album, shit, what was it? Uh, Swing, Swing. Swing, Swing, Swing. Yeah, I remember that was, I remember that music video and everything. Yeah, holy crap. I can't believe that album came uh came out that was 2000 so that was 18 years ago in january of obviously yeah january January 17th 2003 kill me i I remember i was in seventh seventh grade (laughs) they were like they came out so that was like around the same time like you had these like bands that kind of exploded with their first album uh like simple plan also came out with an album i think that year or 2002 Good Charlotte. Uh, good uh, Charlotte. Like the really poppy uh, bands that got like a ton of airtime on uh, like alt rock stations and M- MTV. Their videos got spun a lot in Fuse TV. Um, yeah, that wow. All American. They they ended up having a pretty nice career after that. They did. They. Uh, yeah. It's kind of funny. My my mom's a big. I, I think we all have. Whether we think our parents have like lame music tastes or not, we all have a handful of artists that we we grew up with with our parents and that we end up liking because of our parents' musical influence. Uh, my dad was super stereotypical, like white frat boy music. <laughs> There's no right. other way to put it. He liked Cheap Trick. He liked, oh. uh, yeah, he was like super 70s rock. Like, the Eagles, like that was his thing. My mom hates that stuff. She hates Cheap Trick. Okay, um, so wait, real quick. The Eagles. My dad loved the Eagles too. Uh, every every white every dad, dad was born between ultimate... 1958 and like yes. 1975. Loved the Eagles. Yes, they That's are the ultimate. Thing. They are the <laughs> ultimate dad band. The Eagles, and I will. That I think that is a fact. That I don't think anyone can argue it. Every dad loves the Eagles. <laughs> exactly. My dad loves and the so... Eagles. So yeah. So I got like a little bit of music from my dad, but I got most of it from my mom, who was definitely she's the more punk parent. She liked uh, she liked Morrissey, The Smiths. Um, oh, okay. She liked Smashing Pumpkins. I grew up on almost wow. the more ad- like adult contemporary punk rock because uh, she she listened to a little bit of Nirvana, a little bit of Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, She's a really huge fan of Henry Rollins and Black Flag. <laughs> wow. I, I, I was always more partial to a uh, minor threat when it came to 80s hardcore. But uh, yeah, wow. Henry, that's that's that's, that's I think tough that's shit. Her, that's her dream man is, uh, is Henry Rollins. But he, he, she, he ended up becoming like an actor. He was, yeah, he's, he's he, he played a white stuff. supremacist in Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> yes, I remember, I remember seeing that. It, it, yeah, Which is great because he's like the biggest like I think Henry Rollins is Antifa. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's a very uh, he's a very left wing guy. Yes. Uh, very. Wonderful. I love him. He had a great talk show. Not to get off side. He had a great sidetrack here, but he had a great talk show on IFC for a while, which was uh, he, he's just very, he's a very interesting guy to listen to talk. I feel like Henry Rollins. 
Yeah, he's a he actually transitioned from singing to spoken word. Yes, I, I he now I, does sm- spoken word poetry instead of uh, instead of singing, which is really cool. But but before I get like too derailed with Henry Rollins, who I love, but she, uh, my mom was also pretty into the like I said, like the adult contemporary rock, um, and that was more of what she would listen to in the car with the kids, which. Now that I'm a mom, I've realized like you have your music that you really like, and then you have the music that you you settle for, uh, yeah. which is still good music, but that you can listen to with your kid in the car and not give sure. them like insane nightmares. Uh, and so she listens to a lot of Matchbox Twenty and Goo Goo Dolls and stuff like that. And the All American Rejects is probably the first band that I can think of that because like Matchbox Twenty, Three Doors Down, that stuff they were they were popular but they weren't super cool at school i would say the all-american rejects were the first band that my mom and i were like both very into that was cool right yeah they and so swing swing i think was the first song that we both bought for itunes because she like her first song that she bought on itunes was the way by fastball and i'm pretty (laughs) sure that the first song that i bought was an Avenged Sevenfold song. But oh then, like, the All-American Rejects was, like, our meet in the middle there. And so when I saw that, like, it, it warmed my heart a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I'm not someone that, like, uh, I was not a huge All-American Rejects fan or anything like that. Um, probably because, well, I was, I was probably snobbish about them when I was 12 or 13, saying that they're not real punk or whatever. But that being said... They, they are. <laughs> yeah, they're a great they're a great pop punk band. They have I've never listened to their album one of their albums front to back, but I know they write great fucking singles. Like mm-hmm. every every single they've put out, it's it's a great song. Uh Move Along, uh Dirty Little Secret, Gives You Hell, like all those singles I, I believe followed up after that album, uh, were really good. And they've they carved a nice career for themselves and they're they're a good band. And their bass player is the lead singer, which I respect. Any anytime the bass player is popular, I uh, <laughs> that's that's good. That's good with me. So they're they are. I'm telling twelve year old me that they are okay in my book. <laughs> they are okay. I I think I listened to Move Along all the way through because um, I think I owned it. Yes, I think um, that was their, that was on their second album. Yes, that was yeah. that was the follow up to their their self titled one, and then. They had When the World Comes Down in 2008, which that is the one that had, it, it's the one that had Gives You Hell. Oh, which, which one is Dirty Little Secret? actually like a really fun song. Dirty Little Secret was off of uh, Move so, Along. Okay. It had Move Along, Dirty Little Secret, Ends Tonight. It had all sorts of like good, fun songs. Um, yeah. Gives You Hell had that breakdown with like the chanting, uh, when they're chanting the chorus, like, it's still fun. That's that rocked. <laughs> I, I that like that song rules. It's it's a it's a very good song. Yeah, they're a good band. I'll yes, they are a good band. <laughs> their their lead singer makes me a little nervous. Um, I watched him performing live one time, not in person, but like I think I was watching like a TV performance, and yeah. I thought they were like this super generic, like pop punk, super mainstream seem like the type of people that like moms would go and get their their cds signed and tyson ritter's kind of a nut job 
Oh, he seems like it. Did you <laughs> he know? Was like, he was... Go ahead. What, what were you going to say? No, did you know he was in the movie The House Bunny with Anna Faris? I actually just saw that when I, I pulled him he up. Was, he was Emma Stone's love interest in that movie. That's wild to me. Yes. Uh, but so, no, he was he was hammered in the performance I saw, and he looked like kind of dirty and very clearly had not gotten dressed for like a week. Um, and is like he weighs like 70 pounds and is like six foot four. So he looks like he kind of looks like a young Keith Richards. Um, he looks like a, he looks like one of those sickly boy tall boys that like for some, whatever reason, girls on Twitter fall in love with. <laughs> <laughs> please don't attack that fair to... me like that. <laughs> what was that? I said, please don't attack me like that. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's so, the way you described him, I'm like, yeah, I, I feel no. like uh, <laughs> if they were pop, still popular today, he would be uh, people. I think girls crawl over him on MySpace. I think that was, yes. that was the yes. thing. MySpace, MySpace, he was definitely fond over. That is a good, and I'm sure a lot of people had All American Rejects playing on their profile. Oh, I'm sure they did. Um, But yeah, so that was uh, that was an album that came out this week, 18 years ago. Um, Sure. That's uh, notable things that happened today specifically. Um, Today was the first day that Bob Dylan started recording the album, bringing it all back home. Uh, He recorded the song Subterranean Homesick Blues today in 1965, uh, which slaps. That song's amazing. Sure. He's a little weird, um, so I had to had to drop him in there. And then today, in I believe it was nineteen seventy something, I, I wrote down the year for Bob Dylan, and then like forgot to write down the year for for the other one. But Johnny Cash performed at the Folsom Prison today. Oh, that's yeah, which that's is probably great. one of the coolest performances of all time. I, like if we're talking about left wing icons, Johnny yeah, Cash. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think that is like one of the best selling like not only live i it's one of the best selling live records of all time but i think it's one of the best selling records period i believe the song Folsom prison blues ended up being his uh his number one hit um yeah. for a very long time i mean now that- i walk the line is his number one hit uh yeah. but yeah i that was a uh, that scene in uh, Walk the Line when he plays False in Prison is badass, too. Uh, did you, you ever see that movie with uh, Joaquin Phoenix? I did. I saw it a really long time yeah. ago. Yeah, go rewatch it. It's a, it's, a, it's, a cool, it's a cool scene. They, they do. I mean, both him and Reese Witherspoon are very good in that movie. Um, I need to rewatch that at some point. Yeah, it's, an, it's, an, it's a good uh, music biopic. Uh, it's certainly a lot better than the Queen one. <laughs> um. Okay, any other music facts or we um moving along? The, the Norwegian <laughs> metal frontman for the the heavy metal band Mayhem was born today in 1975. I had to drop some some Scandinavian metal in there, so Rune oh. Eriksson was born today in 1975. I understand and I, I think with two, two, two <laughs> I understand two words in that sentence, so but that's good for him. <laughs> Happy birthday. I uh... <laughs> For our for our two Scandinavian metal listeners, I, I had to drop that in there. So there you go. We're making our audience. We're catering to our audience. Catering, catering to the audience here. Yeah, um, we're pandering. <laughs> we do that a lot. Um, yeah. <laughs> pivoting back to hockey, though, let's uh, let's jump into our predictions. Um, I guess let's start with you. Um, how are the Isles going to do this year? 
How are your sweet boys going to do? Uh, yeah. So just they are, in my opinion, the toughest division, I think. Um, the, the East it looks stacked because you moved the Bruins over there. Um, but I feel like every the past, we're doing this the third year now going uh, ever since Lamorello and Trotz took over that team. It's people are like, well, they're not going to be very good, probably. And no one really seems to ever get a correct prediction on them. Um, but they, they're they a constant team. They've been in the playoffs the past two years, went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. I think they will be a playoff team. I don't, I don't think they'll win the division. I think the Flyers or the Bruins. I mean, Flyers looked like a look like a young team ready to take that next step. They lost in seven games to the Islanders last year in the second round, but they have a nice team. And I think Carter Hart, who is still a child is just going to keep improving. And so I could see the flyers winning the division. I'll say the flyers are going to win the division, but I will never count out the Bruins. Uh, but I think the Islanders will finish third and then maybe the caps fourth. I, I think this is the year the penguins fall out of the playoffs, but yeah, I, I the Islanders lost uh, Johnny Boychuk and traded Devon Taves, which was a big loss on their defense, but they're replacing them with Andy Green, who can still play, and Noah Dobson, Andy. who... Yes, Andy Green was very good last year. <laughs> and he's going to be paired with Noah Dobson, who is... Uh, people have saying is one of the most talented... if One of the most talented defensemen the Islanders have ever drafted, so there's a lot of expectations for him, so... And they still have Ryan Pulock and Pellick playing on that first pair, which is one of the most underrated pairings, first pairs, I think, in hockey. And Scott Mayfield and Nick Letty. And then they have depth still with Thomas Hickey and Sebastian Ajo. The other Sebastian Ajo, you know, in the 7-8 roles on D. So they still have good depth on defense. I, they re-signed Matt Barzell for three years, seven mil. And so, you know, they don't have to worry about that anymore. And he still has one more RFA He's still going to be an RFA when that deal ends, so they they have him, and you have a center core of him, Matt Barzell, Brock Nelson, J.G. Pajot, and Casey Suzekis. So I really like them down the middle, uh, including goaltending with Varlamov and Ilya Sorokin. So I, I like, I think they'll be solid. I think they will be a solid team. I think a lot of teams are going to beat each other up in that division, like every division, really. But I, it's going to be a competitive division, but I think they'll be okay. I think they're style of play fits them i think trots will have them ready to go so i could see them finishing third or fourth but if they wouldn't i I wouldn't be shocked either way you know if uh like a team like maybe the ranger i don't know i i don't see the rangers making the playoffs actually i just i really don't like that i'm kind of fascinated by the rangers yeah i I don't love the defense but yeah the two great goalies right i think they have two really good goalie young goalies and they have a really nice top six but pairing jack johnson and tony d like oh my god <laughs> that that as as nice as tony d is in the offensive that that is going to be a clusterfuck uh in the back end for them so i, I really don't like yeah so I, i'm gonna go my four teams out of that division where the islanders are gonna finish, i'm gonna go flyers bruins islanders caps and if <sighs> If I'm wrong, don't hold this against me. <laughs> Flies, Bruins, Islanders, Caps. Ooh. So I think that's... Uh, so I'm going to write that down. Uh, for the listeners, I'm going to end up posting these um, to our Twitter account just so we can we can see how wrong we are later. Um, 
I think it's kind of fun that they're definitely at the very least one of the top two quality divisions. I think maybe the North is going to be a little harder because other than the Senators, I think every other team in, in the North could feasibly be good this year. Um, so the I North, think the Senators have no prayer. But The North is definitely tough to find out too because I think, not to, whatever, just to jump there, I think the Leafs will win that division. I have no idea about the other you know, teams after that, besides the Senators, like any of those teams could finish Winnipeg could finish second or they could finish six. Like I, I, I wouldn't be shocked. Right. Like that's going to be a wild. I'm kind of with you on that. Yeah. It's going to be a but wild, then, wild division. Then we've got, I think the easiest division, uh, which I guess we'll, we can kind of jump on our, our stuff here. I'll quickly jump to the, the coyotes and then we'll, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's talk about the back West. to our overall predictions. But yeah, yeah, the Coyotes. Um, I think they're a playoff team too. Um, sure. I, but I think they're a wild card team because I think that division is the most divided. Um, yes. You look at like you look at the East, and I think the Devils probably aren't going to take a step forward, unfortunately, because Corey Crawford did retire. Which let's slip that news in there. Um, yeah. Henrik Lundqvist having open heart surgery. Uh, so obviously he's there's no chance he's going to play this year. Probably not going to play again. Um, which I think we should dedicate a bonus episode to that because um, it makes me very sad. But then Corey Crawford retired as well. Um, signed for the season, we all expected he was going to be really good, um, and then he decided to retire. And I don't think there's much more to say about that. I respect his choice. He played through some really gnarly concussions, um, and by yep. played through, I mean he he obviously recovered from them. He took the time off, but taking that much time off and then coming back and still managing to be a top tier caliber NHL athlete. That's unreal. If he wants to spend the time with his family, I'm delighted for him. He had a Cherish great, your family. He Have had a fun. great, <laughs> a great 10 year career and he won two cups and he was on one of the most, one of the most, uh, or three cups. Was it three cups? Two or I three. I believe he was on the roster for, for the first one, but he wasn't the one who played for that one. Right. No. But he, um, he, uh, but yeah, he, he was the starter for, Two cups. Yeah, That's he wild. was on some of the <laughs> some of the best teams of the you know 2010s, and uh, he's he's had. You look at his numbers; he's had a really nice career. The Hall of Fame debate we can save for another day, but good for him. Like, uh, yeah, man, take take care. Yeah, of yourself. I think that's unfortunately yeah. gonna gonna kind of tank the Devils a little bit. Not not placing any blame on him, but yeah, I think no. that that does leave a big question mark. Uh, the Sabers are obviously a tremendous question mark because they have if Carter Hutton and Linus Olmark um that defense that's a, still that's, that defense is a baffling thing but then they have Jack Eichel and Taylor Hall right um that's gonna be a fun top have, six. yeah that's gonna be a fun top six and then everything else is just like oh I don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then the Penguins have Tristan Jari and I think Casey DeSmith is yeah. gonna end up being their number two um yeah. which that's I, I don't know how that's gonna go. Um, do you like Penguins Tristan or another do you team? Like Jari or what? Just kind of. I love Jari. I think he's. I think he's top tier. I think he's arguably better uh, yeah. over the course of his career than Matt Murray. Um, but that's sure. looking back at that North Division. That's we may see a redemption from from Matt Murray with the Senators. I don't think it'll get them into the playoffs, but 
But yeah, that leaves a big question mark for the Penguins. Um, Capitals have a big question mark because Lundqvist obviously had to step out. Um, Okay, is Adeno Chara on the Caps now? What about that? That's wild. I have... I'm I'm so baffled by that. I don't know how how to feel about it. I do you think I it works? Think he's still good, but do I don't it, know if it works. That's I, I don't either. I don't know. I have no idea. You brought um, this up. You brought this up real quick last episode. How the the Caps defense was a mess last season, and their uh, pre shot movement and all of the, and those high danger chances that you mentioned, and uh, tr- just tracking that they, they were a mess. I don't. Do you think Chara helps that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't either, but it, I don't it's, think he can it hurt. Depend on right? systems, I think. Yeah, that's I don't true. think he can hurt. It's, but to me, it's you look at like to bounce back to the Coyotes. Uh, the Coyotes added Alex Goligoski and Nick Jalmerson a few years ago. Both still good players in their own right, but unfortunately are no longer able to be used the way they used to be used. Alex Goligoski is only good up to a certain point. And that if you use him beyond that minute usage, he becomes very bad. Um, yeah, sure. And that's, I think, Zidane Char is a player who, as long as you are using him correctly and for the right, right number of minutes and in the right situations, he's still very good. And if he's not being used correctly, he's very ineffective because he's not hes not fast. He never yeah. has been. He never no. will be. He's only getting slower. Um, yeah. also, so that's, that's have- a big question mark for me. <laughs> They do have uh, Peter Laviolette as a coach, and whenever he's there, goes to a new team, they always seem to flourish. So, uh, like, teams will buy in to him right away, and then right. he kind of wears out his welcome, I think, is what happens. I mean, he, if you look at his career, I mean, he, and he's won a cup with uh, the Hurricanes. So, I, I don't know. If you, if, you, if you look where all the stops he's made, teams start off having great success, and then I think guys kind of tune him out after a while. So he could give, I could see him giving them a boost and maybe his system works with them. So I, that's why I kind of like the Capitals to make it back to the playoffs, but go, go ahead. What, what else do you have to say about them? I think that's, that's an interesting point. Cause I don't, I don't know if they necessarily tune him out per se. I think uh, it's, it's kind of the Dave Tippett thing. Um, Dave Tippett was phenomenal when he first got to Arizona. Right. Cause he, he's able to make the most of very little. Um, sure. But he, not not to say he plays favorites, but he plays with what he knows. Um, and unfortunately, that reached a point in Arizona where he wasn't utilizing people the right way. And it reached a point where just his deployment of certain guys didn't really make sense anymore. His system didn't really make sense anymore. And when they switched to a new coach, obviously it took a little bit of time to to get things going, but because they really had to shift away from their their trap mentality. But I think he really just got complacent when it came to to reworking his thought strategy with new guys. Um, yeah, and I think that could be potentially something that you see with a lot of those coaches who do really well until they don't. They they rely a little bit too heavily on guys who they know what they're going to do and right. then don't really realize that those guys aren't doing what they used to do anymore. But to, to look at where, where Laviolette came from um, and then where another coach who used to do very well and then started to started to, to tank a little is the central division is a mess. 
you were saying the East seems the hardest. Um, I think the North is maybe the hardest. Those are the two top ones for me. I think the West is super divided. You have the Avalanche, the Blues, and the Golden Knights are very clearly good teams. Sure. You have the Coyotes in the Wild are going to be fighting it out for the wild card spot. And then you yep. have California just floating. It's uh, a mess. <laughs> I have no idea what California is doing. But then you have you have the Central, and that's the Hurricanes are either going to do really well or they're going to struggle. Um, the Blackhawks, who knows? They're starting Malcolm Subban in their season opener. Um, yeah, but you know they, who have they have two as a backup, timers. right? You know, they have Colin Delia. We'll yeah, get to let's that. go, baby. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, we have the Blue Jackets, who I think their goaltending is good. Like, I, I've i been beating the Elvis Merzlikens drum for, like, three or four years now, but I think they overperformed just a little bit last year. Um, the Stars, who it was reported yesterday, I think it was 27. Let me make sure I'm getting the number accurate 17. here. Um, 17. No, no, no. The so the total number of guys, 27 players have tested positive for COVID-19 from nine different teams. This was announced yesterday, reported by Rob Williams uh, from Vancouver. Uh, 17 different players from the Dallas Stars out of those 27 players. Uh, 17 were from the Stars. That's yeah. a mess. That's Texas, a that's a tremendous mess. Texas is a, Texas is a mess, especially the Dallas area in terms of COVID. Uh just I know from personal experience, my my brother and his wife, I, I they think they had it. They're fine. They're better now. But yeah, it's just uh, they live in uh, Fort Worth, the Dallas Fort Worth area. So, uh, yes, it is crazy down there. And it's 17 guys. I mean, I think they said that a lot of them are asymptomatic, which is, hey, that's good. Still. <laughs> but it's still, still scary. That's still very that's scary. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, and they don't have Ben Bishop for quite a while. He's oh, he got surgery. He's been out right? since, yeah, he had surgery. Um, so did Tyler I, Sagan. Yes, Tyler, Tyler, Tyler Sagan got surgery. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Okay, Red Wings are bad. Yeah, Red Panthers Wings, are yeah. who knows. Predators are who knows because a lot of that for those two teams it relies on Bob and Pecorine. If they do well, the team's going to do okay. If they do poorly, the teams are going to tank. Uh, then there's the Lightning who. They're easy. We know they're going to win that division. Um, yeah. Really quick, I have to ask you something. The Florida Panthers, why the hell aren't they going to play Keith Yandel? Did you see that? That's, I don't know. I, Honestly, I don't know. I, I went. I wish I knew. They, they're like, oh, they're going to, uh, he, he's out of rotation. And I'm like, wow, I'm like, he must have really, uh, he must have really sucked it up last year. And you listen, know, they were. They were they were not a good defensive team last year, and they were not a good goaltending team last year. But he still put up forty five points. So here's my theory on that. If you say so, out of rotation, um, and I think that's something that we've been talking for the last what six months about what the season's going to look like. I think we're going to see so many different idiosyncrasies from teams. Look at the yeah. Boston Bruins. Uh, I don't think Tuukka Rask and um, Yaroslav Halak are allowed to talk. <laughs> right, they want to sit. I'm pretty both. sure they have to sit, like, they have to travel separately. They can't sit at the same end of the the room. They're, they even said that, I know Emily Benjamin um, used to write for the, I believe it was the Boston Globe. Now she's with NHL.com. She said that they're going as far as to have separate meetings for things. They're, they're repeating yep. information twice just to make sure that those two don't come in contact in case they potentially get each other sick. 
and then you see something like this, Keith Yandel out of rotation for game one. I wonder if teams are doing that. They're keeping guys in packs. And you'll play this group the first night. You'll play this one the second. Just to not only keep everyone healthy, but keep people from getting too tired. Keith Yandel's a guy who... He's logged a lot of games. He's logged so many games. He's one of those Iron Man streak guys. And I believe his streak was broken at one point. But he's one who he logged so many consecutive games that I think doing a rotational system just to keep him at the top of his game throughout a very short sprint of a season, I think it's a good thing. Um, If that's why they're doing it, if they're keeping him out because they don't think he's good enough, then someone's got to check coach Q. But uh, yeah, I can, if it's a COVID thing and just like you said, like a rotation, I I kind of understand that. Sure. Uh, But it's 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 a he has a no he has a full no trade clause he has to uh a, like he has to give permission to be put onto waivers so they can't even do that they can't even put him on the taxi squad so he's just gonna be a healthy scratch i florida is always such a weird team i i don't know i don't know whatever to make of them but let's shift back to the west real quick because i want to I agree. I agree with you that I think it's. I guess Vegas is. I feel like Vegas is going to win the West, and then you have maybe it could go to Colorado too. It's going to be one of those two teams, and you have Blues will be right. right there too. And I do agree with you that just the way it looks now, I do like the Coyotes in the Wild a lot better than the. Not a lot better. I get just that maybe the Sharks could sneak in, but I will. <laughs> I well, let me. I do not like that goaltending tandem of no, <laughs> no, they still and Martin I, Jones, <laughs> I, yeah, and that's going to be everything. So that's why I think they will ultimately miss the playoffs just because I, I like the Coyotes goaltending tandem a lot better, um, and the Wilds too. But I just, I and another weird thing that Evander Kane thing, it was just like wild too that that news that came out, he was bankrupt, but he's still going to play, uh. This season, I, I still like their forward core, but like Brent Burns is 35. He's getting old. Yeah. And that's that's part of it for me. Brent yeah. Burns is and getting old. Eric Carlson is getting older. Um, I like I like I to think have it's a bounce. A... Carlson will have a bounce back here. But yeah, the, that D core is not I don't think it's going to be as big as a strength of, as they hope. Right. Yeah, I, I would agree there. And they lost Joe Thornton. Um, he's up in Toronto now. Yes. He was yes. still serviceable for them. And from a leadership perspective, he was still a big part of that team. Yeah, it's important. Um, it's, it's, locker room shit matters. I know we all roll our eyes at it, but, you know, having quote-unquote good guys in the locker room, I think that helps. <laughs> Especially yeah, in a, I, I would agree. In a, in, a tough, in a tough year like this where it's going to just be nuts. It's a sprint. Uh, I think it's good to have a guy. And he's a guy that I feel like, well, I don't even feel like it's a fact. He's someone that keeps guys loose. You know what I mean? Like, right. he's a guy you'd want to, even if you've lost two or three in a row, he's a good guy to still have. And I think that's going to help a team that is so, um, that has just, I don't want to say mental, I'm, what's the right word? Uh, I guess confidence issues, like the Maple Leafs, like they have It'll... so much. They, so, they need that marathon mentality a little bit more. They need yes. their pacing to to yes. be 
just adapted a little bit and he brings that I think yes, um that's exactly what I was trying to say exactly part of part of the question mark for the Sharks for me though is also that's a team that doesn't have a home arena right now they're playing in Arizona, Arizona. they're and with no so I like the ice den they're getting the the Arizona Coyotes prefer to practice at Gila River Arena. Um, that's a that's a head coach thing. Rick, Rick Tockett prefers to be at Gila River. It's got all their offices. It's got the the more premium uh, laundry facilities. Uh, the equipment managers have all their stuff there. It's a little bit more state of the art. So they really have access to to a lot of the stuff that they need. The workout facility is really nice. Not that it's not at the ice den, but just, you know, that's that's what they prefer. Um, and so they've given the Sharks the ice den in Scottsdale. That's the, unof- like, that's the official practice arena for the Coyotes. Um, and it's currently being used by the Sharks. Um, their AHL team is currently in, I believe they're either in Chandler or Gilbert. Um, they and the Roadrunners are both basically going to share a home for a little bit, um, which... That's tough because as it is, the the Tucson Roadrunners, there is no full-time sheet of ice in Tucson. It's one of the biggest glaring issues with hockey in Arizona right now that very quickly needs to be rectified. Um, I know Craig Morgan uh, put out a really nice piece during the offseason talking about availability of ice in Arizona and how the sheets of ice are not keeping up pace with the enrollment of people by USA Hockey, um, youth hockey, girls hockey, even just beer league teams, high school hockey, stuff like that. There, there aren't enough sheets of ice for everyone right now because they're right. not building rinks fast enough. And so the fact that two teams are having to play at a temporary rink and, and it's, it's not a temporary as in like a little shanty, but the yeah. Tucson Convention Center is not a full-time sheet of ice. And that's where the Roadrunners practice. That's where they play. Um, obviously it's not going to be an issue this year because of COVID, but every year they have to go on this two week road trip because uh, I believe it's a, like a jewelry or a diamond convention, um, oh comes to Tucson and it uses the Tucson convention center. So they, they boot the roadrunners to go on this lengthy road trip every year. Um, during the off season, they don't have their rank, uh, briefly during the summers they have to, pre- or during I think it's when they're leading up to uh, to that time where they don't have have a rink because of the convention. Uh, they practice in Gilbert and Chandler, um, so up in Phoenix, which is it's not a super long drive, but it's still. I mean, you're driving over an hour to get to practice, um, <laughs> right? And so the Sharks AHL team doesn't have a home. They normally play in San Jose. The Sharks don't have a a home. Yeah. They're starting off the season on the road. Um, so the Coyotes can have Gila River Arena. And then I believe their first home game is once you get into about February-ish. Um, and that's probably going to happen at Gila River Arena for the time being. Um, there is a point during the season where currently the Coyotes and the Sharks both have a home game scheduled on the same day which is going to be fascinating because either they're going to have to play a doubleheader because um, they're not playing each other, or right. I think they're, they're hoping that they'll be able to go back to San Jose the way that cases have been going in California. I just don't know how that's going to happen. Um, so we'll see, but that's yeah. that's hopefully a big question mark for the Sharks. Yeah. That's... that's just looking at the fact that those guys are currently living in a hotel 
So ASU obviously went on this this crazy road trip to start the season. Um, they came back for Christmas and then immediately went on the road again. They they aren't playing at home at all. Um, and it's taking a toll on them. Right. They're basically living in hotels. Um, they're not able to, they don't have their own room. They don't have their own bed. Uh, and by that, I don't mean like they're all piled in a room together, but they don't have their own, like they're not at their home at any point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're, they're living out of suitcases and that's kind of what's happening with the sharks. And I think that's going to take a toll, unfortunately. And that's, I do have a big asterisk next to this season in terms of what everything looks like, just because there are teams that are going to have just these really baffling situations that, that make it hard for them. Um, but yeah, looking at that, that West division, I think the team that I arguably would count out the most is the Kings. Um, yes. They're, they're Peterson very- at the moment is unfit to play. I don't remember what the, what the, the reasoning is there. Uh, so it looks like uh, they're starting off the season with Troy Grosnick and Jonathan Quick. I I like Troy Grosnick. He's a guy who plays with, or doesn't play with, sorry. He, uh, he trains with Adam Francilia, the guy who works with Connor Halibut, Laurent Brissois, uh, Thomas Grice. Um, he's been working with Devin Dubnik. He's been working with Martin Jones, Aaron Dell. He's also been working with Grosnick for the last handful of years basically since he was with the the San Jose AHL team and so that's that's a fun guy to see potentially succeed but I don't I don't really know how I feel about that this I'm looking at the official Lisa Delman for the athletic NHL said officially official this is the LA Kings roster forwards Amadio Athanasu Dustin Brown I can't believe he's still playing oh, yeah. uh, Jeff yeah. Grundstrom Iafalo, uh Kempe, Kopitar, also forgot he was still playing, Lazat, Luff, Moore, Villardi, and Austin Wagner. And then on defense, and she listed some people by their full name because I think nobody knows who they are. Uh, defense, we have Alt, Mikey Anderson, Bjornfoot, Clegg, Drew Doughty, Olinata, uh, and then Roy. And I, I don't know which Roy it is. Um, I, I truly have no idea what's going on there uh yeah, they're, they're they cut yeah. they cut quentin byfield today I don't, which i don't know weird weird i would have i mean i think it's probably because they <clears throat> they don't plan on being competitive uh they don't i don't really know what's going on there yeah, yeah you don't, don't want to burn a year on this. the lc but uh, they're clearly- yeah that's that's the team i put at the bottom and then the ducks are probably right around there i don't Yep. I don't really know what's going on with that roster. I mean, they've they've lost some of the really old guys who were not not old. They're they're like our age. Um, but the ones who just weren't performing anymore, uh, they're starting to get younger. By the end of last year, I think they were looking cohesive again. They were finally shaking off um the the Randy. Um right. but they I don't know. I still don't. I, I think they're still rebuilding. John Gibson has to be tired. Um, Ryan Miller is back, which is nice. Um, I like him. I think he's fun, but I don't really see that as super competitive. Uh, but then the Coyotes in the wild, those are the two that for me, I think are going to be fascinating.
fascinating to watch because you uh you don't have Alex Daylock to start the season for the Wild. He's out, I believe, with an injury of some kind. Uh, so they, they're starting the season with Capo Kakinen and uh, Kim Talbot, who all the credit in the world to Kim Talbot for managing to to bounce back after the Oilers. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. But, but that's kind of a question mark for me. Um, they've started shedding some of their older players as well, um, yep. which is nice. I think uh, Miko Koivu is done. Um He's done there. I believe he's done playing altogether. Um, they still have Suter, I think, which is kind of, that's going to be fun to see, I guess. They, uh, they still have Zach Parise. Yeah, I, I don't know how he's going to do this year. That's um, He's he another was, guy who... He was solid last year, but yeah, I mean, that's another year. He's 38, 39 now. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, uh, let me let me take a look at this just to, to see what that roster looked like. Last, oh, we have the, uh, we don't have the statistics for that team yet. But last year you did all right. Um, Kevin Fiala did all right. Eric Stahl um, got traded away to the Buffalo Sabres, um, which I think is kind of a, a gamble for the Sabres because I don't know how long he's going to stay playing as well as he did last year. But he was solid for, for yeah. the Wild. And then was, they got rid of him for Marcus Johansson who is yeah, a very injury-prone guy, like a very injury-prone guy. Well, he just has, I mean, he had a, re- like, he was, what was he, with the Capitals, and he was always, he was solid with the Capitals, and he went to the Devils, and yeah, he's always been injury-prone. Then didn't he get traded to the Bruins? which to Boston for, had, for 10 games. He had a really nice run. During that playoffs, though, with the with the Bruins, I think that was the year they went to the yeah. Cup and lost when they lost to the Blues. So he was he was solid for them, and then he went to Buffalo, and he really hasn't done much there. And so I, yeah, I don't I didn't like that trade. I I, I would don't know why. And isn't Eric Stahl a Minnesota guy? Isn't he from there? Yeah. Yeah. No, so he's I, from Thunder Bay. He's from Thunder Bay, Ontario. Okay, that's the Stalls Minnesota. are a, a Thunder that, Bay that's, that's all Minnesota to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I I I knew he he was happy there. He he like yeah. I think I like I think he likes playing in Minnesota, but all right. Jason Zucker is also gone. Um, yeah, he's, he's with Pittsburgh. Yeah, he's that was a nice pickup for Iowa. He's a very good two-way player. Uh, I I like that trade for Pittsburgh. Um, what are your final? Pr- let's let's do final predictions for West the West. Okay. Um, you go first. I will. I'm going to put the Golden Knights as number one. Um, I think the Avalanche goaltending is a little, little questionable. Um, sure. So Knights, Avalanche, Blues, I think. Uh, that's that's one that needs its its own episode right there. Yeah. Um, Coyotes, Wild, Sharks, Ducks, Kings. Uh I am going to copy off your homework and uh, <laughs> say the same thing. I, I I agree with you. I think the Knights, uh, yeah, they they have Robin Leonard and Mark Andre Fleury, and I know they're trying to get rid of MAF, but uh, he's uh, that's still a nice goaltending tandem to have uh, going into a condensed season like this. So I I see them maybe finishing just ahead of the Avalanche, and then uh, so Golden Knights, Avalanche, Blues. Uh, 
I, I don't know what to make of the Blues. I think they'll be solid, and I think it's it's a weird enough division where they should fit nicely and play like well enough to finish uh, third. Uh, gonna go with your Coyotes, and then yeah, Sharks. No, excuse me, Wild Sharks, Ducks, Kings, and then oh, let's yeah. then move up to that. We we discussed the Central a little bit. Who do you like in the Central? Um. Lightning. Uh, Lightning, Predators, Hurricanes, Blue Jackets. Wow, so you think Dallas misses the playoffs? Yes, I do. Jeez, <sighs> uh, I'm going to go Lightning, Hurricanes, Predators... Oh, Jesus. Uh, I'm just going to throw the stars in there right now because uh, I, I feel like the Blue Jackets are going to end up trading what's-his-name? That that guy, uh, Pierre-Marc Dubois. Is that his name? Pierre-Marc Dubois? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's an, it seems like an unhappy Pierre situation. Pierre-Luc Dubois. Luc Dubois, sorry. I, I'm very bad with names. Uh I feel like they're gonna. Who's? I think he's their number one center, and I don't know. I. Well, they have Max Domi now too, right? Yes, they do. Ah, Who I would argue is still better as as a wing than than a center. Yeah, I could see that's that. Just, that's just how I how I kind of view him I, there. I'm just gonna. I'm just. Uh, I'm gonna just put the stars fourth. Just, but if the Blue Jackets make it, I wouldn't be shocked over the stars. But I'm just gonna put the stars fourth for now. Uh, yeah, I, I don't like that that whole situation with Tortorella and uh, who, who's I'm. Let's call a spade a spade here. He's a good coach, Tortorella. So, uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if he coached them into the playoffs. But it seems like it's kind of a sticky situation with the, that team and their top center and him wanting out and. Uh, yeah, so I'll I'll just go Lightning, Hurricanes, Preds, Stars, and then and then give me your North. North is so. Uh, wait, did you give me your East first, and then I'll give you my North. <laughs> um, my East, I will go with. I'm gonna put Boston. Rangers, oh. Islanders, Philly. Well, you, I think Washington misses it. Do you think Washington and Pittsburgh? You think the Rangers finish second? I I think that's and I know we were gonna gonna say one team that we think everyone is just wildly off on, like one that we think is gonna really not finish where anyone is expecting, and that to me is I think it's gonna be. The Rangers, I think, I think the defense is kind of bad, but uh, we've we've seen teams with bad defense make it before, and okay. this sure. is just such a weird year. I think they they're in an optimal travel location, right? They're a team that, that they don't have to do a lot of a lot of traveling um, to reach, obviously, the Islanders, to reach the Devils, to reach the Flyers, um, to reach the Capitals, even. And I think they got, a, I think they have some young guys. I think Panarin is someone who 
is just there to have fun. And I think this year, a lot of the season is going to be a mental battle for a lot of guys in terms of which, which players are going to be able to just let loose and have fun. And that's kind of what we saw in the playoff bubble, right? We saw teams that should have done really well, kind of, kind of struggle with it. Uh, I think the Bruins were one of those teams. They looked like they, they were fatigued and just kind of, kind of hesitant about being there and which is not a bad thing. Right. But capitals, absolutely. And then you have, I I think Artemi Panarin is a guy who just genuinely is going to have fun. And I think that's, that's something that we shouldn't discredit this season. Um, I think that's going to influence a couple teams in both good and bad ways. Um, yeah, but what if they lose Tony D'Angelo because he stormed the Capitol building? Like, you, you gotta... that, might actually, that might actually make them better. <laughs> yeah. That might, no, I, I totally You're going to need good good team chemistry. And uh, so you're you're saying they're going to be vibing. They'll have, good, they'll have positive. Yeah, I think they're going to vibe this year. Uh, I think, not I think sure they're going to vibe. They, they have the, the number one pick flying for them. Uh, I, I don't even... Yeah, and I think, I think is going to take a step forward this yeah. year. He had a rough rookie year, but you know maybe he he takes a nice step, and they still Zabenejad and uh, Kreider, and yeah, they, they still have a really nice forward core. So I could understand why. Uh, and two, if they if their two goalies play up to their full potential, uh, yeah, I I I could see it. Maybe I understand why you would pick them as that team for sure. So you have Bruins, Rangers, Islanders. Who's the last one? Uh, flyers, flyers, flyers. Okay, and penguins. Okay, Nolan Patrick is back. I'm I'm kind of excited about that. And I'm, yeah, I'm excited I, about him too. I'm excited yeah. for him. Yep, they have a they have a nice. I like the Flyers team a lot. I think they're going to win that division. Um, but I, I I the Bruins are the Bruins, and they're the Bruins for a reason. I feel like you could stick a corpse on that team, and they'll produce. Uh, so. And they still have Tuka Rask, who, despite what everyone in Boston thinks, for whatever ungodly reason, he's still a top five goalie. <laughs> he's still a top five goalie in the league. And Halak is still a really nice goalie to have as your one B or slash backup. So I wouldn't be shocked if they won that division either. Um, going to, I'll give you my North, and I've no like Maple Leafs are the cream of the crop, obviously, uh, which you know my feelings about the Maple Leafs and how that pains me to say that, but they just adding Joe Thornton, adding Wayne Simmons, adding, uh, what's his name? TJ Brody on should help defensively, uh, on, on top of a team that's already kind of stacked with Tavares, Austin Matthews, Nylander, Mitch Marner, and whoever else I'm forgetting. Um, so they, they added some nice depth guys and some leadership guys, and they added, uh, you know, a, top four defensemen to help out. And then you still have Freddie Anderson, who's still a very solid goalie. I don't know what they're, who they're back. I think Aaron Dell is one of their backups. And uh, Jack Hutchinson. Campbell. Oh, Jack, Jack Campbell. Campbell. Jack Campbell. And they, I think Dell is their backup, right? Their backup. He's their backup. number three. He's yeah. their number three. Yeah, he's their taxi squad guy. Um, so the Leafs should really take care. Like, they should win this division pretty easily. And then we'll see what happens playoff time. So I have, I have the Leafs one. I have... The Canadians too, like they've. I, I kind of like the moves they made. Uh, I just and I liked how they. I know you can't really say how, because it was the bubble and it was such a unique situation. But I liked how they played in the bubble. Uh, and 
it's a I like the Tyler Toffoli signing. I think that's a really under the radar signing, and I think he's going to be like a really nice addition to that top nine. Uh, so I, I like and Carey Price if he can be Carey Price. I don't love their defense, but it's I still just think that divi- in that division, I think they'll it's such a big gap between the Leafs and then everyone else. So I think uh, Montreal finishes sec- uh, second. The rest is tricky. Uh, Calgary, I'll go third. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, and this is where I I don't know who to put fourth, and it's really bothering me. Uh, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm stuck between Vancouver and Edmonton. Um, Edmonton is going to have such an explosive offense, but they Clefbaum is not playing this year, and he's one of their better. Like, who is playing defense for that team? And then also, who the hell is playing goalie? Like, they Mike Smith, <laughs> like Mike Smith. So, if like with the Oilers, bet the over every game they play because I just feel like you're gonna have a ton of goals going each way. They're gonna, I feel like they're gonna get scored on a lot, and I feel like they're gonna score a lot because you still have McDavid and Drysital, and I know they added a bunch of wingers this off season to help. Uh, I shit. Uh, I'm going to go Canucks fourth. That's a very, very good call. Uh, I, yeah. I just that pick. What was that? I said, I appreciate you for making that pick. Yeah. Just cause uh, they're, I think they're going to be a little better on the back end and goaltending wise. And, uh, and I, I'm very scared of Canucks Twitter. They are the most petrifying people uh, <laughs> out of all hockey Twitter. Like just the past, uh, however many months just i if you ever stumble into there just go home like leave immediately uh so i don't want to get uh beat up by canucks twitter so i'm gonna go uh, <laughs> and they still they have they have such talent they have some really talented forwards too um like Pedersen and uh i don't know okay who else is on the canucks i can't remember rock Brock, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I like, uh, the, we'll, we'll put them fourth just because I, I feel like it's... Their fans will fight you anyway. Yeah, and uh, yeah, maybe Holtby bounces back and I, I kind of like Demko as the backup or 1B guy or whatever. And then, then uh, yeah, so those are my four teams. I'm going to go Leafs, Canadians, Flames, Canucks. Uh, and then whatever. That, that, that division is going to be such a bloodbath and it's so wild. Uh, I know I mentioned like Canucks Twitter, just Canadian Twitter right now. <laughs> like there's gonna be, it's that's gonna be always such, scary. Always. That is going to be such shit talking uh, between. Yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of fun uh, that division to just keep an eye on. Who who do you like? Uh, so I'll I'll put the Leafs on top, but I don't think it's going to be far and ahead. Just okay. because I think, uh, like I said, I think this I think this year's gonna we're gonna see some parity caused by just the the unique structure of the season I think there's a lot of um there's a lot of just there's those back-to-backs you have a lot of travel and in the Canadian division that's part of it you have this insane travel schedule for them that we're not even sure how that's gonna work because uh there are certain provinces that their numbers have been fluctuating a little bit and the the premieres in in those provinces haven't been super happy. Their health departments haven't been super happy. Uh, sure. So we'll see how that goes. Um, for the same reason that we see uh, the question mark for the Sharks. Which um, is because of uh, goaltending. 
Uh, no, we we might just see some teams uh, oh, have to, not really uh, able to. Yeah, they might have to yes. go into into funny right. places. Um, but so I'll I'll put the Leafs at the top for right now, just just because. Um, my second team I think is is Vancouver. We have uh, Brock Baser, we have uh, Elias Pettersson, we have Bo Horvat, their captain. Um, I think he's great. Uh, I think he's. He's a fantastic leader for that team. He's a guy on the London Knights who I genuinely enjoyed. Uh, they have some kind of questionable defense at times. Um, I'm going to quickly pull up their defensive roster just so I can double check what it's looking like right now. Um, Jordy Ben, I don't really know how that's going to work. Alexander Edler, a little on the older side. Uh, Travis Hamanick, I like that ad. I think that's pretty cool. Um, Quinn yeah. Hughes. Massively underrated. Uh, Tyler Myers, we don't even need to talk about that. Uh, Nate Schmidt is, I think that's a really cool pickup for them. Um, I don't love everything Jim Benning does, uh, namely Tyler Myers, the Alex Gabranson, or the Eric Gabranson deal he did a while back. But that's, I think adding Nate Schmidt was smart. Um, And then you've got, I mean, J.B. Eagle, I don't think is going to be much of anything. Uh, Louis Erickson was put on waivers. Um, <laughs> I think they're going to keep him on their taxi squad. I don't know what's going on there. Um, Michael Fairland is injured. Uh, he's not going to be playing. Adam Gaudet, kind of fun. That's a team that, that's a really close-knit roster. You have guys like Tyler Mott and Adam Gaudet, who Adam Gaudet's wife uh, appeared on the broadcast. That's how cool is that? It's a all-women health. A led podcast out of Vancouver um and his wife came on just to talk about everything that's been going on he popped on for a second shared their stuff Tyler Mott came on their podcast to talk um Roman Yossi I and recently uh they, Roman Yossi and Mark Borowicki did it together but they they made a shirt for Tyler Mott uh Mott Girl Summer oh, Mott Girl. And I want to preface wore it. Something. the rest of the team wore it that's yeah, that's a cool. fun team that like They're genuinely the- that they're a great podcast and they're um they're the good people of uh Canucks Twitter. That they were not who I was yes. referring to. <laughs> they're they they're not the bloodbath, but they unfortunately yeah. suffer the bloodbath more yeah, often so, than they should. Um I, be nice to them guys. Yeah. We don't great. we don't need to talk about Brandon Sutter. Jake Vertanen, I I'm still I'm I'm surprised they have him back. Uh, I really thought they were gonna end up moving him out to give him a fresh start. Uh but they have Tanner Pearson, they have JT Miller. They have, they have some really fun guys on that roster, Niels Hoglander. Um, that's a lot of really fun guys and who get along. That's a team that has fantastic chemistry. They lost some of that chemistry because they uh, they lost Chris Tanev and Jacob Markstrom, who signed, who picked up together with Louis Domingue, their, uh, their resident playoff bubble pie maker, um, and all shipped off to Calgary as a group. Um but that's that's a group that I think genuinely, like I was saying with Artemi Panarin, I think that's a group that has fun together. And if they have to quarantine together for a while, or if they have to stay in a hotel or end up having to play in a bubble, they they have fun with that. Uh, they were a really cool team to watch during the playoffs. Um, Thatcher Demko, I would argue, is probably going to end up being their number one, uh, while Braden Holtby supplements and they'll probably play it in sort of a tandem role just because of the way the season's going to play out but Demko was unstoppable during the playoffs even Robin Leonard gave him props and said that you know when they played against uh when when the 
Golden Knights played against Vancouver, they beat them, but it was so hard for that team to get past that Demko. Um, he was basically all alone for a while while his team did fuck all in the defensive end. Uh, right. Yep. That Robin Leonard said it almost kind of deflated the team. He said it was so hard to bounce back after playing against a guy like him that when you went up against the next team, it it almost deflated them a little bit. And and I think that's something that we shouldn't yeah, discount. Sure. Um, so they're my second team. I then have Winnipeg. Um, Ooh, I, I can't believe you forgot about Winnipeg. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, think, s- uh, I think Connor Halibut's still, I think he can drag a team's carcass into the playoffs. Jeez. And I think he had a, such a great year, though, last year. I, he had an incredible year. He had a great year the year before, though, too. And I think so, Laurent Brassois had a little bit of a stumble, but I think he's probably going to bounce back. So you uh, think that goaltending tandem will help drag them? Yes. And they still, yes. they, still, they still have some very talented forwards. Like, uh, I can't remember. Uh, Lani, Patrick Lani is still Is that how he's playing? Yes. He, Patrick he's, Lani is still on the team for right now. He has so goes. many goals for someone that's like... Still in their early tw- his early twenties. Everyone he kind of yeah. gets ragged. he gets ragged on a lot because he doesn't play a he doesn't play uh, great defense, but he's still like not that. just great defense. I would take the word great out of there. He doesn't play defense. Um, okay, would, <laughs> I've never seen him backtrack in his life. <laughs> yes, but he I still for, and he's a very pure goal scorer. Uh, scores a lot of goals, so I, I think you take what you it's can. Like ragging on Alex Ovechkin. I mean, he had 44 goals his rookie season. He scored seven, or no, that was his second season. So he had yeah. 36 goals his rookie season, 64 points. Then he had 44 the next year, 30 the next year. Last year was a quote-unquote down year for him. It was a shortened season, and he had 28 goals. Imagine being mad about that. And so... I, I agree. That's, I don't know. I think that's that's a team that we kind of sleep on, Um I do think that they had a bit of trouble this last year just because uh, I think they were kind of expecting Dustin Bufflin to be there and then he wasn't. Um, But they have, I I don't really love that, that defense. Um, Josh Morrissey is one of their alternate captains. Good for him. Um, Then it's a bunch of kind of question marks. They have Nathan Beaulieu, uh, Dylan DeMello, Derek Forbert, Sammy Niku, Neil Pionk and Tucker Pullman. That's a lot of, a lot so of why maybe. Are they, why are they um, finishing third then? <laughs> because I think that whole division is going to be a mess. Uh, but they so, have. I agree. I mean, they have Nikolai Ehlers still. They have uh, Patrick Laine. They've added Trevor Lewis. I think he could be a, a sneaky good add. Um, Adam Lowry. Mark Scheifele is still there. Blake Wheeler is still there. Um, yep. They have Nate Thompson with them. Paul Stasny came back. Uh that's that's a sneaky good ad, even that's, if he's getting older. I think that's a sneaky good ad. Still, still ta- a lot of talented forwards. You, you, you know, uh, Ellers and uh, Statsny. Especially yeah, when you you're in a like division where I mean, a lot of a lot of this year is going to come down to the fact that these teams play. We're only playing the same six or seven teams all year, and yeah. luckily yeah. for. Luckily for the Winnipeg Jets, that means that they get to play against the Ottawa Senators six or seven times, and they get to play against Mike Smith six or seven times. Oh, boy. And that's, I mean, I can't, I don't know what's going to happen with Montreal. I, I like some of the ads that they made. I don't, 
because I, I have Calgary as my fourth team, I think, but it's going to be Calgary, Winnipeg, and Montreal are going to be kind of a, a bloodbath there. I think those three teams are really going to be fighting it out. Um, Calgary, I really like the ad of Markstrom. I think Chris Tanev, they probably paid too much, but it's kind of a cool ad. That's a team that still has Sean Monaghan and Johnny Gaudreau. I mean, that's that's a fantastic team. Um, yeah, they still uh, have Michael Backlund. Kachuk, whatever Kachuk that is. Uh, yes, Matthew Kachuk. Matthew Kachuk, um, yeah. So yeah. much fun to watch. Everybody I, hates him when he's not on their team. He's so much fun to watch, and he's yeah. good. But yeah, that's, then we I, look at. I'm just taking a look at the Oilers here, um, just because not not to rag on the Oilers, but they added Kyle Turris. Okay, um, they have Kyler Yamamoto. I hope he does well. Uh, Devin Shore. Okay, um, Patrick Russell, Alan Queen, um, Jesse Puljujarvi is back. I sincerely hope he scores like 60 goals. I don't think it's going to happen. I think he'll um, be good, though. I, I, I think he'll be good. I think he'll be okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know how this year's going to go for him. This is a really bizarre situation, and I think his relentless optimism will either do him really well or it's going to really sort of derail him a little bit. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is still there. Um, yep. Keep Nuge forever. James Neal is still there. He had uh, a lot of really good net front deflections last year. Um, does he repeat that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's a lot of luck. Um, Connor McDavid. Uh, they have Kyra. They have Zach Cassian. I hope Zach Cassian doesn't play a single game. Um, yeah. Dominic Cahoon. Um, Tyler Ennis. Leon Drysidel. Alex Chason. Who I love. Alex Chason. I hope he's. I hope he does well in his life. Um, I remember he was sitting on the bench next to Patrick um, or next to Rich Peverly when he when he suffered his uh, his cardiac arrest on the oh, bench, yeah. um, and that I I think he never fully recovered from that. That really shook him up. He didn't get to play the next game. Um, yeah. So I I always secretly hope he does really well, but at this point, I mean, he's thirty. He's kind of a He's a depth option. Um, Josh Archibald, same thing, kind of a depth option at this point. Um, looking at this defense, Tyson Berry, Ethan Bear, Caleb Jones, Slater Cuckoo, Adam Larson, Darnell Nurse, and Chris Russell. Um, Darnell Nurse and Adam Larson are pretty good. Tyson Berry, great on offense because that's what the Oilers needed more of. Um, I guess. Yeah, right. <laughs> But Oscar Clefbaum, that's that's going to be a huge loss for them. Um, and then Mike Smith, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> that's going to at least that... play like fifteen games, twenty games, and then maybe you can ride what's his name, Nico uh... Koskinen, who yeah. is what he is. And... Yeah, he's not. He's not a starter. He's not. No, I'm sorry. he's not. He's not. And just taking a look, uh, Cole Anderson did his updated goaltender value of a replacement big board for the shortened season. Um, Luck's obviously going to make up a really big component of the results. Um, he used prior results and age and workload in his considerations, which is why you see a guy like uh, Auntie Ranta sits 36. That's pretty low um, because his workload and his injury and age knock him down quite a bit. Um, he still sits above guys like Cam Talbot, Martin Jones, Brissois, Fleury, Jack Campbell. He, he even sits above Halak right now. Um, right. But just taking a look at that, Miko Koskinen is listed as 26th overall. Um, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, hopefully he'll <laughs> do okay. Um, 
Mike Smith sits 58th. There are 58 goaltenders listed. Um, yeah. So he is last. He sits below Aaron Dell. He sits below Brian Elliott, Ryan Miller, who almost didn't sign for the year. Right. He sits below Carter Hutton, Pekka Rene. He sits below Jonathan Quick. Um, he sits below Curtis McElhaney. He sits below the big one for me. He sits below Craig Anderson, who not only didn't have a contract when Cole did this, but got signed earlier this morning specifically to be designated as a part of Washington's taxi squad. So Mike Smith's value currently sits below a guy who's on the taxi squad. And obviously, so apparently he's been working with Adam Francilia over the summer. Um, Same guy who works with Grosnick, same guy who hopefully is able to turn Martin Jones around. But I don't know how much you can turn Mike Smith around. Uh, He's 39. What are we talking like about here? He's not like he's, so, he's not, not like Robin Leonard, you know. When he when he was twenty five, he came and worked with Mitch Korn and uh, Pierre Greco when he came to the Islanders, right? And Robin Leonard, guy, all the talent in the world, never could put it together. They helped him, and then he, you know, he's he's thirty nine. He's old. I know. I know. It's. I think so. Adam Francilia does an amazing job of getting guys to look at the biomechanics of their bodies um, and sure. use their bodies to their advantage. So like Laurent Brassois had been with the Oilers, was notoriously misutilized there, misdeveloped there. He's a guy who his mom's a professional ballerina um, and he has her body. He has some of the longest arms and legs in proportion to his torso of like any guy in the NHL. Um, and he just wasn't he wasn't stretching that correctly, wasn't working out to go with that. And he wasn't moving to go with the fact that most of him is arms and legs. He's like Gumby. Yeah. And so Adam Francilia was able to help him restructure his game to not only move more efficiently and keep himself from getting hurt, but move in a way that didn't open up all these holes because of his arms and legs. And so Mike Smith is a guy who opens up a lot of holes for himself unnecessarily. He sits way too deep. He doesn't move correctly. He spends a lot of time tipping too far forward on the on the toes of his skates. So he spends a lot of time swimming on his torso. Um, I believe that's something that Francilia typically targets. Um, so he might keep Mike Smith on his feet more, um, keep him from right. flopping around, which, but to me, that moves him from... I, I was talking about it with some people earlier this this past week and to to protect them and their professionalism. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call anyone out, but you know, we were talking about just the fact that he was so bad. And I said, you know, that makes him what an NHL goalie this year instead of pulling a 2018-19 Johnny Quick and the person I was talking to said, hey, now he was only 16th worst in goals saved above average last season. So he wasn't the worst guy in the NHL, but he's been right. bottom, nearly bottom 10 in most metrics over the last two consecutive years. So maybe it'll move him to league average. And that's with like no disrespect to Ken Holland. Why do you resign him? I, I don't I don't get it. Especially I mean, with that, the, to me, that's just well. I think they, the Oilers tried to get in on the goalie carousel last year, right? And there's the musical chairs, and I think the Oilers just 
couldn't nab who they were looking for or whoever they were in on. And then they, they... offered their chair and nobody yeah, sat in it. <laughs> exactly. They're like, I don't want to play behind that defense. Um, and uh, they're stuck with Mike Smith. So, yeah, uh, I mean, with with that in-depth analysis, you have the Leafs, right? Uh, Canucks, Canucks second. Jets. Winnipeg third. Flames, yeah. Fourth Flames. Okay. So with all that being said, I will, before we get to our Twitter question, I will give my, I guess, under the radar team. I am kind of torn between the Canadians and Flames. Uh, So I'll just pick the Canadians because I hate the Maple Leafs. So, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, and I I honestly, I like their, I I don't think this is under the radar. I, I do think some people, People are picking them to be pretty good, but I, I, I like them as runner-up in this division, and uh, I, I like I I think maybe we'll see how Josh Anderson does. That was an interesting trade. I I really like Tyler Toffoli. Uh, Brendan Gallagher is kind of a little shit. He's a agitator. Uh, so I kind of like, Nick Suzuki's really good. Uh, I mean Shea Weber can still play. Jonathan Druin, I don't know. I, I, I like a lot of guys on this team, and I, I think they'll be solid, and I can see them finishing second in the division, and then we'll see from there. And uh, Carey Price is still Carey Price. So, uh, I don't know who's their backup. Jay Callahan. Uh, I think that's going to be fun. I think that's going to be fun. I think it'll be good. I don't, uh, I mean, they gave him a lot of years, didn't they? Didn't they sign him for four years or three years? Um, Jay, let me look. I think so. But anyway, while, yeah. while you're looking that up, I think I don't know. Like I said, I think that's a uh, that's my bloodbath division right there. Yeah. I think uh, easily. Yeah, I mean, I know I put Winnipeg and then Calgary, but Montreal add them to that little trio and yeah. Winnipeg, Calgary, Montreal. I think you could flip flop any of those three, and it would absolutely be I, a thing that happens. I um, think- I think in any division, if someone made the playoffs that you weren't expecting it, you kind of just shrug your shoulders and go, yeah, I, I mean, I could see that happening. It's a, it's going to be a weird. The only one I can't see is the senators and the Kings. Those are the and, only two that I have. As and and Detroit, unless, unless uh, Thomas Grice plays out of his, and Thomas Grice is a very good goalie. I, I yes. like, he was, he was very, he's a very, very solid goalie and he's, he's a nice pickup for them. But uh, I think, like you said, senators, Red Wings, Kings, if, those three devils, too, maybe all four. You go, oh, yeah, they're probably not going to make the playoffs. But anyone else, if they made the playoffs, I'd be like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it could happen. Um, okay, so with that, you want to go to our little Twitter question? Yes. So we asked everyone on Twitter uh, to let us know which goalie do you think is going to surprise everyone this year and turn into a brick wall? Um, for starters, I just want to say uh, the gift that I used is one of my favorite ever um that's a goalie for i believe it was the columbus cottonmouths it was an it was definitely an sphl team um oh my God. maybe an echl team and the backup goalie was just hanging out and he decided that he wanted to uh want to start dancing with like not ice not girl. the ice girls but yeah with the, with the ice girls and uh the mascot he's doing he's doing the wobble with them um and the actual video is pretty fun but but anyways uh looking at the the list um tyler uh tyrago um he's a he's a bruins fan uh tuka rask apologist uh play-by-play guy really really awesome 
person on Twitter uh, said, I have a feeling goalie Bob is going to bounce back for the Panthers this year because it can't really get as bad as it did last year for him. Also think Devin Dubnik will have a solid bounce back here in San Jose. Kind of uh, going with what you, not to dismiss him, but kind of going with what you said with the teams. Oh, I, I wouldn't be surprised by either. Sure. I, I don't think Bob, like he said, I don't think Bob could play any worse than he did last year. So I, I, I could, he's he's too talented of a goalie to play that bad, right? So right. I, I don't love the Panthers' defense, though, but I, I think he bounces back. I, I would agree. Uh, Devin Dubnik, I mean, Minnesota did not have a bad defense necessarily, right? Like, I thought they were, I think they're pretty solid. So I I just, I don't know. Maybe he bounces back. I, I, can, I can see Bob for sure. I don't know about Devin Dubnik. Um, I, I'll, I'll allow it. Um, moving on to the next one, Rob McGregor. Uh, he's currently Samurai Pizza Rob. Um, <laughs> works with me at Ingle Magazine. Uh, surprised by how little talk there's been about Sorokin heading into this season. I agree. Um, yep. I've also never been that shocked whenever Pecorino has had a bounce back year. I also agree. I, uh, um, yeah. Yep. Agree. Uh, I, I think Sorokin is could be a dark horse to win. Um. The Calder uh, for Rookie of the Year. I, I really do. Yeah. If he if he grabs uh, if he grabs stranglehold of that position, but I I think that's going to be a, it's very between having Varlamov as a mentor. I think is going to be very uh, beneficial to him, and it already seems to be. So I, I think Sorokin is, it could be his coming out party in the league. Uh, who for us Islanders fans have been waiting forever for him to come over from the KHL. So yeah, it's. It is surprising that uh, he hasn't got as much chatter, but that's okay. That's that's what that's I prefer okay. with the Islanders. That's what I prefer with the Islanders. <laughs> Just don't don't talk. Leave us alone. Just don't talk about us. Uh, and we'll, we'll fly. We'll, I hope he flies on the radar. We'll do well. Uh, Was that now? I said we'll do well. Nobody has to pay attention to it. Um, yeah, exactly. As a quick aside, um, I don't want to. We can discuss it on the next one, but just as a yeah. quick aside, um, technically, Igor Shesterkin is a rookie this year. Oh, okay. Just yes or no, do you think Ugh. people will consider him a rookie when voting for the Calder? He played a lot last year, didn't he? He didn't hit... He's still a rookie. <sighs> and I, I only know this because I did, uh, for Elite Prospects, um, I did a, a list of the top NHL-affiliated goaltenders. Um, so those were guys who... I believe we went with guys who have been signed. I yeah. might have gone with guys who had been drafted and still have their rights held to give us Spencer Knight, but uh, but who are still my the requirement was that they still had to be Calder eligible. And, and he's, he's called he Calder counted, eligible. Yeah, yeah, he counted. Uh, so you know what? If he counts off the rankings. If, I ended if up he, having to shove him at the top. So yeah, if he counts and he plays well enough, then yeah, I'm not, why would I take that away from him? He he has a leg up though because he's seen live NHL action like more than Sorokin has, obviously. Uh, but yeah, I I wouldn't I wouldn't discount him for that. If he wins, good for him. Uh, I hope he doesn't. Just I hope it's Sorokin uh, or <laughs> some someone else that's not in the division. Whatever. It's not you know. <laughs> yeah, and I agree about. Uh, what Rob said about Pecorine. Uh, yeah, when like if he bounced back, I'd be like, yeah. I mean, he's talented enough, and even though he's older, I could. It's not like Mike Smith's back bouncing back, so it wouldn't right. shock me. <laughs> um, we got. Uh, I did say that I was 
I gave everyone a last chance. Um, so no one has said Capo Kakinen yet. That's pretty rude. Um, I think he's going to have fun next year. Um, and But somebody's response was, I want it to be Kakinen so bad, but I'm a wild fan and we don't get nice things. Uh, and on that quote tweet, we got one final answer. It was James Reimer from Pat Clark. Um, and another Canes fan, overly optimistic Kaniac, said that they could also definitely see this. Um, I would love to see that. I think James Reimer is one of the nicest guys in the NHL. He yep. literally always makes time to talk. Um, every single time I've seen him, I literally got him as a as a consolation prize one time. I was supposed to talk to was supposed to talk to Roberto Luongo. Um, he'd gotten hurt, so he wasn't at the game that I was covering. Uh, the Panthers only pass through Arizona once a year. This year they won't at all. Um, and so I said, Oh, you know, you guys are in town. I I know I wanted to talk to Luongo. Not not no disrespect to Reimer, but do you think he'd be okay with talking? And and this was back when Thomas Jantz, he covers the Canucks right now. Um, he was their head of PR. He asked Reimer, he said, Hey, this is Kat Silverman with Ingle magazine. Do you have time to talk to her for a few minutes? Just give her a chance to talk to the team that only passes through once a year. And he said, Yes, I've always got time for Ingle. And talked to me for like 10 or 20 minutes. Um, super nice, super friendly. Gave me his prediction for the under-the-radar goalie of the year, um, which at the time he said was Aaron Dell, which ended up proving <laughs> to be true. Dell ended yeah. up doing really well. Um, and then when he passed through with Carolina last year, uh, ended up being to talk to him. You know, it was once again just super nice, super friendly. Uh talked shop about gear did gave me some off the record insights on some gear stuff too um some off the record insights on backup stuff like that uh yeah. and then i i said i'm sorry i'm gonna put you on the spot can i ask you the same question again uh who's the under the radar guy this year and he gave me chris dreiger ended up also being very true ended up doing really well for florida last year and so I'm always really happy when he does well. Um, yeah. So I hope that one comes true. Yeah. Uh, but continuing to go down the line, uh, he's he's what? I, I was going to say, he also, you just look at his career numbers. He's He has solid career numbers. Uh, I mean, yeah, he was he was fine last year. He was good. He, he, I think he was probably above league average in some uh, respects. So, yeah, I, I could see him having a solid year. And I think Carolina has a nice defense playing in front of him. So I could definitely see that. All right, so we're both we're James Reimer gonna yeah. gonna win the best yep. of this year. Um, <laughs> Cheryl Serenade Az. Um, she said Matt Murray. I think Kane Justinery is gonna do wonders for him. Uh, Matt Murray. Hazek, I think that that'd be awesome. I'm really hesitant on that. Yeah, Matt. He's also been working with. That. We'll see how that goes. Um, but giving. To the young guys, Jordan uh, Jobo, the goalie. That's Jordan Nashbolden. She she was the ASU goalie, the ASU women's team. She's amazing. I love her. Uh, she gave love to Shesterkin and Demko. With no disrespect to her, I said, which guy do you think is going to surprise everyone this year and turn into a brick wall? They're both already brick walls, Jordan. Yeah. That doesn't count. Um, <laughs> I think someone Justin said Corey Miner Sh- gave us Corey Schneider. I was going to say someone said yeah, Corey Schneider. Justin Miner. He gave us Corey Schneider. Um, that's that's interesting because I think uh, anyone's game, you know, as to who's able, which team's going to need their third goalie. I think 
suggesting that it could be the Islanders is, uh, I think that's feasible. Um, not yeah. that I would want either of them to get hurt, but it's not like Semyon Varlamov has ever been super healthy. Um, and I'd love to see Corey Schneider bounce back. He's, so, once again, one of the nicest guys in the later redemption story that would be. Yeah, um, he uh, he's starting, I think he's starting the year in the AHL, actually. I think it was announced today. I could be wrong. So he'll, which I think will be good. It'll be better for him to be uh, playing games in the AHL instead of just sitting on the taxi squad and only getting practice. So I think, uh, yeah, if if there's an injury, I, I don't think it would hurt. It doesn't hurt to have him to call up. So I, yeah, maybe he has a nice, and he's working with two great goaltending coaches. So uh, I could see him bouncing back for sure. He's he's fascinating because uh prior to i think it's been the last two years let me let me look up his numbers just to make sure i'm right here um because obviously last year he was he wasn't an nhl goalie like i'm i'm sorry i love him he wasn't right uh but the year before that he gotten hurt a few years prior and then so last year he had an eight eight seven. Like I said, not an NHL goalie. Yeah. Two years prior, he got hurt. He got really pretty significantly hurt, and his numbers just didn't bounce back. And then the eighteen nineteen season, he still looked like he was playing nervous for a while. And then either he fully recovered his range of motion, or he got back in the groove. And so over the back half of the twenty eighteen nineteen season, he looked amazing. Right and. Then in 2019-20, he just didn't pull it off. And yeah. But prior to that stretch of time, 2017 to 2020, which was when he was dealing with these injuries, he was one of the best goaltenders, not not just in the NHL, but like almost one of the best goaltenders of the era he had. So Vancouver yeah. Canucks, 2009-10, yeah. he had two games with them, 15, but then he had a 9-2-9. 936, 927, 921, 925, 924. That's absurd. And he was playing for the New Jersey Devils and the Vancouver Canucks. Those are not easy teams to play behind defensively. So if anyone is able to help him bounce back, I can see it being being Mitch Korn overseen system with Piero Greco. Um, Right. So so we'll see how that goes. Um, I'd love to see him bounce back, though. Uh, for sure. Looking at Evgeny Nabokov, get the fuck out of here. Um, <laughs> you also said Colin Delia. Uh, um, wait, that's I, fascinating. I know I, you love him. Uh, okay. I know you love him because he went to your school. He played well. <laughs> he played well. Uh, I think it was a couple of years ago when he broke into the league. He played well for the Blackhawks. I think he could be a very underrated goalie. And he went to Merrimack College, where only smart and handsome people go to school. So. That's why I pick him. <laughs> so, so Colin Delia is one of the few goalies who I've gotten to spend like extensive time talking to, and he's fascinating because I, uh, I left our conversation. So, like when I talked to Anton Hadobin, left the conversation more confused than when I started. Uh, with Colin right. Delia, I left the conversation and had to re-listen to the entire thing because it had so much information in it. He talked about 
how to train your mind to slow things down and how to how to focus on certain things so that you're able to process them faster while ignoring noise and just all the things that he has studied and learned about. And I think that's both to his benefit because he's clearly so invested in part of the game. Like he loves to learn. Yeah. But I think it's also sometimes a detriment when you play behind a shit show. Yeah, it's true. You gotta just sometimes when a team is bad enough and a team is unstructured enough, you just have to play by feel. And that's that's what Malcolm Subban does. So you have two polar ends of the spectrum. Sure. As your two guys in Chicago this year, they did not improve their roster in the offseason. They all but openly admitted they're gonna tank. Um yep. so I think one of the two of them is probably gonna end up coming out in front. Uh I think Delia is really fun. I'd love to see it be no disrespect to Malcolm Subban. It'd be cool if he did too, but yeah, yeah that one's, it, he's either going to do really well or it's going to be such a hard year for him. Um, and I don't really know which one it's going to be. Yeah. But uh, in the Chicago system, we also got from a, from Courtney Dagger. Um, she is a part of the uh, Center Ice Pod, um, Center Ice Podcast. They are based out of Chicago. Um, one of the coolest podcasts I've ever gotten to be on. Uh, super nice. They're based out of Rockford. Season holders for the Rockford Ice Hogs. Um, he and uh, Courtney. Um, Courtney gave me Kevin Lincoln in all day. Uh, I think that's a fascinating one because. I think the Blackhawks are going to need their number three guy, which would be Lankanen. Um, right. I'd love to see him do well. He's apparently also from the Swedish-speaking part of Finland, like a friend of the podcast, Jonathan Ilati. Um, so super nice guy. Um, would love to see him thrive. He does well on international ice for Team Finland. Uh, but once again, it's the Blackhawks. I don't know what they're going to do. Um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> we did get uh, an Auntie Ranta from Ray, uh, Crimson Sky. And I said, you know, he was he was top 10 in most tracking metrics last season. I don't know. Once again, like the the Demko Shisterkin one, I don't know if he counts, but I'll allow it. Um, Cody Magnuson, he's a, a Jets fan who follows me. Super nice guy. Uh my bold prediction is that Brissois has a huge bounce back here, and he and Helly share the Jennings trophy, despite the abhorrent defense. And one of the, that is a super spicy prediction. Um, and I was going with when I put Winnipeg in the playoffs. Um, I think that that's going to be a really fun one to watch. I think Brissois could really bounce back. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I I think uh, we've, um, we've. Is there any more? Two, we have, we have, we have two more. Yes, we got two more. We got one from Sean Smith. Um, he sent me a picture of Mike Smith. Um, <laughs> I'm done talking about Mike. We've, Smith. we've talked about Mike Smith already. So yeah, yeah I think uh, we've we've talked about you know he he could bounce back maybe because he worked with Francilia, but Godspeed. And then our last one, and I saved it for last just to give us one extra back and forth on uh, Lucas Luke uh, of at Farside Hockey, um, and he writes for Blades of Data, and I quote, I'm disgusted with myself, <laughs> but I have a strange feeling Martin Jones could bounce back. I don't know if he'd be a brick wall, but he can't get much worse, right? With a shrug emoji. And <laughs> yeah, I mean. So I talked with Adam Francilia last year. He came through Arizona, and we got lunch, and 
we were talking about that and Jones kind of didn't really want to start working until the off season, you know, didn't want to disrupt his game too much. Uh, I would argue that he couldn't disrupt his game more than it already is. Um, right. But, you know, you don't want to throw someone into doing something that they're hesitant to do. Cause I don't think that helps either. Um, from what I've heard, he immediately started working with Francilia. Like as soon as the season went on pause and it was very clear that the Sharks were nowhere near a playoff bubble situation, uh, he started working with Adam Francilia. So much about what was wrong with his game was biomechanics. You know, it was lateral movement to his blocker side where right. he just completely shot the bed. It's like something broke there for him. It was always kind of a weak spot. People started exploiting it. And instead of adapting his game there and maybe opening up another hole somewhere, but evening it out a bit, he like leaned even farther into his original style and like left that hole to continue to grow. And the highlight reel of goals that were scored on him blockers over the couple of years is atrocious. Uh, Right. If they manage to fix that movement for only major flaw in his game, he could end up being really, really good. That is, I I don't know how many many years of playing such, like, he was playing so badly style-wise. I don't know how long it takes to reprogram that. Um, and that's, yeah, I don't know how that's, uh, yeah, uh, we've seen him be great. I mean, years ago when they went on their cup run, which was like five years ago now, he can't, uh, it's, he he can't be much worse. Yeah. It's in the category. He can't be much worse. Maybe this helps him and he gets, he changes his game and we'll see him be the 2015 Martin Jones. We see, I, the chances of that though, or who knows, but yeah, uh, Maybe. We'll see. <sighs> and then, what a uh, way to end. Yeah, and um, on that note, uh, we will, yeah, we'll hopefully record soon, and then we'll, uh, we'll yeah, any any other notes? I think we're all set, right? I think we're all set. Uh, good luck to everyone who hopefully will get this out ASAP. Um, yep. If we don't get it out before your team plays their home opener, uh, good luck in your home opener. Uh, if we get it out, you know, if we don't get it out before then, good luck with the rest of the season. We'll be updating <laughs> on all the teams coming up. Uh, but, yeah, and enjoy enjoy yourselves. Not yeah. not just to you, Mikey, but to the listeners. I mean, it's yep. – yep. take, take the season as it is. I mean, this is, this is going to be a, a really weird fucking ride. I think uh, – yeah. I think as long as we don't get – mad mad about anything you know just yeah just be happy we're watching hockey yeah let's all enjoy uh watching our teams and watching hockey and uh hopefully you know it works out we're in terms of covid in the league and hope like it's gonna be dicey but uh hopefully we get to enjoy a lot of hockey games when everyone stays healthy not only you know our listeners and everyone else and hopefully uh you know Maybe we'll get to watch some playoff hockey in person. Uh, but other than that, uh, we'll talk to you. We'll probably be back soon. We'll be hoping to do more episodes as the season goes on. And uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>